Welcome to morning, everyone. Welcome to this part by the word through about times of devotion in the Lord. We're going to be praying right now, just sitting for the nations of the world. I'm going to be reading First Peter 2 from verse 1. Praise God. I'm going to be reading the Amplified Version. It says, first of all, then I admonish and urge that petitions, prayers, intercessions, and giving of things be offered on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in position of authority or high responsibility, that outwardly we may pass a quiet and undisturbed life, and inwardly a peaceable one in all godliness and reverence and seriousness in every way. For such praying is good and right, and it is pleasing and acceptable to God our Savior, who wishes all men to be saved and increasingly to perceive and recognize and discern and know precisely and correctly the divine truth. Hallelujah. So we're going to be praying that all men are coming to the knowledge of the accurate, precise, and correct divine truth. Hallelujah. So we're going to be praying for the salvation of all men. Hallelujah. We're going to be praying for salvation of all men all around the world, in our catchment areas, in our environment. Um, most of us, we have catchment areas where we're supposed to infiltrate with the word of God and ensure that every man comes to the knowledge of God's word in that area. We're going to be praying. You can call that area, call your own area where you live and all that. And right now begin to intercede for them that they are coming to the knowledge of the truth of God's word. In all goodness, hallelujah. Let's go ahead and pray. Can you unmute yourself right now as we begin to pray? Ragabasa, 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 
Every 
every organization, every Yes, in the name of the Lord Jesus, kill the brown dog, the gila bakatoja. We take all our catchment areas for Jesus. Lake Zike Pereki de Bondo Freki de Bosta, Baliko Zanka yes hallelujah every catchment our catchment areas the one that has been assigned to us oh god we infiltrate them with the gospel of our lord jesus christ hallelujah and the nations beyond the walls beyond hallelujah the localities beyond yes we fill them with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, hallelujah, with the knowledge the accurate and precise knowledge, hallelujah, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lika sete ki baya la basa takabaya. Baliko sundo ko brende ki koborodogo siti. Lika baya la basa takabaya. Yes, kate kabaya. Our catchment area for you, O Lord Jesus. Liko sundo ko borodogo siti. Lika santa kabale ki sete ki baya. Lova de kate bale ko doski. Onde vila kara kabasa. Balika sundo ko borodogo siti. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 glory to God. Yes, every area for the Lord Jesus Christ. Every unsaved man, a burning and a shining light, hallelujah. As they receive the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, precious Father. Lord, we worship you, we bless your holy name, O oh God. We adore you for there is no one like you, hallelujah. Praise and honor be to your holy name, O God, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you, precious Father, for in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, precious Father, for in Jesus' name we've prayed. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, everyone. You're welcome to the Inspired by the World Global Times of Devotion. Hallelujah. Depending on what part of the world you are connected from at this time, say so you are welcome. Praise God. Thank you, esteemed Amarak, for the opportunity to lead the saints of God in prayers for the nations and intercessions for the nations. Hallelujah. Right now, we're going over to the Rhapsody of Reality segment. Over to you, esteemed Amarak. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining in today. God bless you. We are light. We light up the whole world. Illuminating and innovating. We are for signs and for seasons. We are empowered to lead. We are the light of the world. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. There's nothing as beautiful as when the glory of God upon your life increases and you can see it. when his grace increases and you know it. The life that we've been called to live Christ is not, um, is not a full, 
it's not it's not um what's the best word to it's not a scam it's not a make-believe it's not something that was psyching people to be a part of you know the best way to experience god is to experience god <laughs> The best the testimonies of others can do to you is to birth inspiration in you. But until you come into your own personal revelation with God, Christianity would not make sense to you. You see, there is a joy that comes in every situation knowing that you can handle it. Knowing that it will only work together for your good, including situations that you may have caused for yourself negatively. There is a joy that comes from the assurance that God does not abandon you because of your errors or your mistakes. There is a joy that comes from the knowledge that God is with you till the end of the age. When you have this understanding, my pastor will call it the epignosis. It's a full knowledge where you are in a relationship with the one that you know. You know, you know that you know that you know that you know. It's an endless stream of knowledge. A daily and momental consciousness of who you are and what your life was designed to be. And then you know that while I may not be where I'm going to, I'm not where I'm coming from. Brothers and sisters, enjoy your life in Christ. The truth of the matter, as a Christian, you cannot be frustrated. If you get to a point in your life where you are frustrated, you do not know certain things. There is knowledge that brings liberty. That's why the Bible says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. There is a truth of God's word that brings freedom into your life, your emotions, freedom into your mental calculations, freedom into everything that you know, that you think, that you imagine, and how you do life. Until you come to this place, you'll be in and out of depression. I'm not saying that things will not happen. I'm not saying trying times will not come. But that understanding, you sit on your seat. When you get the news, I remember listening to a message. And Pastor said, you get a call. And they said, this happened. And they said, daddy has been rushed to the hospital. And they say, You're, um, you've been sacked on the, on, on the job. He said, relax. God knew before the call came. Why are you panicking like God didn't have the information before you got it? There is a place of consciousness you come into. It doesn't matter the news that comes to you. You smile and say, God has got me. God is with me. God is with me. God is with me. God is with me. There's nothing that can destroy me. There is no news. There is no body. There is nothing. You must come to this place in your Christian work with God. Then your joy comes to a place where it is not dependent on circumstances. Your joy is not dependent on how much you have in your account. Because you know that when you want something, your father can make it available. And the thing is, he's already made it available. And that's what we're going to be studying in today's devotional article. <laughs> this is one article that... You might, you might want to give it all your attention. You might just want to stop anything that you are doing and listen attentively. Today is Tuesday, 22nd of June, 2021. There is an excitement in the spirit. Today is a special day in the heavens. I see a celebration. I see a celebration. I'm not sure what they are celebrating, but you see, you know, in the earth, we have calendars. We have calendars and we have dates that we mark. We have the date when they say, oh, this is International Women's Day. And we have a date when they say, this is International Day of Zero Hunger. They say, today is Easter. Today is Christmas. Today is independence in this country or that country. Something is being celebrated in heaven. 
And because of the excitement of this unusual celebration, there's a distribution of blessings. You see, every time, heaven is a constant place of rejoicing. But days like this, you know, when in, in the world you say, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm declaring in Nigeria, I say, I don't declare for everybody. There is a declaration of blessings, a distribution of blessings in the heavens for those on the earth. And I pray that you see it. I pray that you receive it. And I pray that you enjoy it. Use the word to make your life glorious is the title of today's devotional article. Galatians 4 and verse 1. Now I say that the her, as long as he is a child, Deferreth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all. 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 The details of the Bible are, cho are, are chosen by the Spirit of God. Every sentence is there for a reason, and every sentence has a message. Now he's talking about a child. He's not talking about Jesus Christ and say, though he be Lord of all. He said he made us kings. He made us lords. Though he be Lord of all, a child. He's not different from a servant. A servant serves. A servant gives, is given instruction and he does it. But a Lord gives the instruction. I don't know if you catch it. You can be speak, you can be living the life of a servant where you receive the instructions and you have to carry it out whether you feel like it or not. A servant does not understand that he must he, he, he should be sleeping when his mother, master meets him. The life of a servant is that he must be available to the master, to the one who is Lord. But the Lord is the one that is attended to. He said, as long as you remain a child as a Christian, you will be the one getting the instructions and having to comply irrespective of how you feel and how you think about it. But when you become Lord, you give the instruction. This opening scripture alone says it all. And that's what I was trying to say. Many of us have stayed as children in our Christian journey. They are still putting food in your mouth when you should be feeding other people. They are still doing things for you when you should be doing things for other people. The song I was singing, it said we are empowered to lead. Brothers and sisters, I've repeatedly said that the call to discipleship is a call to leadership. Until a Christian embraces leadership, you have not come to the fulfillment of your purpose. Take it from me. Until you embrace the fact that you are responsible for the people in your world. It's beyond leading people to Christ. It's ensuring that they come to the fullness of who God made them to be. That is why I always say, you cannot offend me enough for me to walk out from the office of a cell leader. There is nothing you can do to me in this world. The ministry of the leader, when it comes to leadership, it's life for me because it is the ministry of the gospel. I read. God is going to see me through. He'll make a way for me where there's no way. These are some of the unscriptural statements you hear from some Christians from time to time. And they wonder why their situations remain unchanged. You need to understand who you are, who you really are as a Christian. God is going to make a way. God is going to see me through. He said, you will be in that situation and it will not change. You need to understand who you really are as a Christian. You are one with God. As he is, so are you. First John 4 and verse 17. And who is he? You know, you read the scripture, you quote it all the time. Have you asked yourself who he is? There's a message, who is Jesus? There's a message, Jesus. There's a message, why, did, why on earth did he come? There are many messages about Jesus. And who is he? He is the way. He is the way. He is the way. 
He's the way. If he's the way, which other way do you want him to make? How can you not know what to do with yourself? How can you not know what to do with your life? When the way lives inside of you, did you say that you received Jesus when you got born again? Did you say that he lives in you? Why are you looking for ways? The ways inside you. You wake up, you're trying to figure out something. You're trying to find a way around something. And you say, Father, I thank you because the way lives inside of me. I know my way through life. I know my way through this project. I know what to do. I know how and when to do what to do. He has said so that we may boldly say, understand this. Nothing that you face is set to your disadvantage. Understand this, brothers and sisters. If you don't understand, you will suffer in life. Understand this. Nothing that you face is set to your disadvantage. You can walk through any barrier or any adverse circumstance in victory and great glory. See, a synonym for glory is money. A synonym for glory is Paul's. He said that that, that that matter, that issue, that situation was set for your falling, was set for your defeat, was set for your disadvantage. He said you will not only come out in victory, you will come out with great glory. That is great spouse. You will come out wealthy. Remember the story of Abraham when he went. There were two different nations at two different times. And because of his pretty wife, he said, tell them you are my sister. Because they will kill me if they find out that you are my wife and they will take you away. And there was a particular one. He took the wife. And the Bible says that at night, this was not, it was not the next day. Because they had been in that land for a while. He said, the Lord told, he told him that I, if you don't return this man's wife, you will be a dead man by morning. When he woke up, he went to Abraham and said, why did you do this to me? Why didn't you tell me that she's your wife? And when Abraham was leaving the land, hey, the matter that was set for his disadvantage, he came out with victory and great glory. And the Bible calls us the seed of Abraham. Brothers and sisters, don't take the statements lightly. See, in my life, I've been through different journeys. I've been through different situations, but they have only made me bigger. They have only made me greater. They have only brought me greater glory. See, when God honors you, nobody can dishonor you. The second situation, the Bible says that he sh the, the Lord shut the wombs of all the women in that country. At the end of the day, the king came and said, please pray for us. Pray for us that your God will forgive us. When Abraham left that land again, great glory, great glory, so much wealth. Understand that one of the things that you should take out, out of every situation is great wealth. Refuse to allow the devil make an attempt on you and go scot-free just like that. Do not just defeat him. Take the spoils. Understand this, nothing that you face is set to your disadvantage. You can walk through any barrier or adverse circumstance in victory and great glory. That's your heritage as a child of God. Quit thinking, talking, and living as though you are in the Old Testament. You are not in the Old Testament, you know, and that's why every time we read, most times when Brother John is done reading the Old Testament, I, 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 you see, the New Testament is so, we understand the gospel of the New Testament. So a lot of times you notice, I don't so much focus in explaining the New Testament when Brother Doze reads, reads it. But I always want to in, um, explain the Old Testament so that you don't get the message wrong. They were documented for a reason, but we are not of the Old Testament and we are not in the Old Testament. I try to help you bring it into today and remind you what Jesus did as he, as he goes fast and fast with what happened in the Old Testament. You don't need a big breakthrough from anything. You already broke through with Jesus when he rose triumphantly from the grave 2,000 years ago. 
You were delivered past tense from the domain of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's love son. You are in the place of dominion, power, and glory. When you wake up every day, I am in the place of dominion. I'm in the place of power. I'm in the place of glory. When you have this consciousness, what can you face in that day that you cannot dominate over? See, in your Christian work, it's more about the consciousness of who you are. Three things, your knowledge, knowledge of who you are. Then are you conscious of it on a daily basis? Then what are you saying? The third thing is confession. Knowledge, consciousness, and confession. If a Christian has these three things intact, you will always be victorious. Second Peter 1.3 says, according as his divine power had given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that had called us to glory and virtue. It's about your knowledge of him. What becomes of your life is now entirely up to you. If you are waiting on God to do anything about your life or give you anything, you may wait in vain. He already did and gave you all that you require for an excellent, glorious, and triumphant life. The works were finished from the foundations of the world, Hebrews 4, verse 3, New King James Version. In Joshua 1.8, God didn't say, I'm going to make your way prosperous. Rather, he said, you will make your own way prosperous. God's responsibility is to give you the recipe for prosperity, success, and the good life. And he already did that through his word. Now, you are to use the word to make your life glorious. Use the word to subdue circumstances and prevail against adversities. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Praise God, 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 amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm going to hand over to Sister Joy right now for the further study and the Rhapsody Confession. God bless you and have a great day. Wow. Wow. Thank you so much, Ma, for today's ministration. Very, very Praise the Lord. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening, depending on what part of the world you are connected from. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this opportunity. We're reading from Isaiah 4.6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou art rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou art forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Praise God. Ephesians 4, 11 to 14. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sleet of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. Praise God. And finally, Acts 20, 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. Hallelujah. Right now, we're going to be taking the confession together. You don't have to unmute your mic. Just repeat after me wherever you are. I have a consistent and instinctive... I have a consistent and instinctive... Okay. Instinctive desire for God's word. As I consciously imbibe the word for my health, finances, business, and every area of my life, I experience supernatural progress every day. 
By the word, I make my way prosperous, effective and fruitful in the life of righteousness. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka, for this opportunity. Right now, I'd like to hand over to Brother Zia to take us through the New Testament reading of the one-year Bible plan. Thank you so much, everyone, for your time. Have a very glorious day ahead. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sister Joy. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Depending on the part of the world you're connecting from, welcome to today's Inspired by the World Global Times of Devotion. Thank you so much, Sister Maka, for this amazing platform. So we're going into the New Testament daily Bible reading, one-year plan. And we're sharing my screen. Today we're reading the book of Acts, chapter 10, from verse 1 to 23. And he reads, Peter's vision. Verse 1, there was a man named Cornelius who lived in Caesarea, captain of the Italian guard stationed there. He was a thoroughly good man. He had led everyone in his house to live worshipfully before God, was always helping people in need, and had the habit of prayer. One day, about three o'clock in the afternoon, he had a vision. An angel of God, as real as his next-door neighbor, came in and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared hard, wondering if he was seeing things. Then he said, what do you want, sir? The angel said, your prayers and neighborly acts have brought you to God's attention. Here's what you are to do. Send men to Joppa to get Simon, the one everyone calls Peter. He's staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is down by the sea. As soon as the angel was gone, Cornelius called his two servants and one particularly devout soldier from the guard. He went over with them in great detail, everything that had just happened, and then sent them off to Joppa. The next day, as the three travelers were approaching the town, Peter went out on the balcony to pray. It was about noon, our noontime prayer. Peter got hungry and started thinking about lunch. While lunch was being prepared, he fell into a trance. So no limit that dreams when I'm hungry. He saw the skies open up. Something that looked like a huge blanket, lowered by ropes at its four corners, settled on the ground. Every kind of animal and reptile and bird you could think of was on it. Then a voice came. Go to eat, Peter. Kill and eat. And Jerome said, point and kill. Peter said, oh no, oh no, Lord, I have never so much as tasted food that was not kosher. The voice came a second time. If God says it's okay, it's okay. This happened three times. And then the blanket was pulled back up into the skies. As Peter puzzled, sat there trying to figure out what it all meant, the men sent by Colinius showed up at Simon's front door. They called in, asking if there was a Simon, also called Peter, staying there. Peter, lost in thoughts, didn't hear them, so the spirit whispered to him, three men are knocking at the door, looking for you. Get down there and go with them. Don't ask any questions. I send them to get you. Peter went down and said to the men, I think I'm the man you're looking for. What's up? They said, Captain Cornelius, a God-fearing man, well known for his fair play, asked any Jew in this part of the country, was commanded by a holy angel to get you and bring you to his house so he could hear what you had to say. Peter invited them in 
and made them feel at home. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in our hearts. And I uh, just want to point out that God has assigned the gospel to be preached by men, not by angels. So it's our responsibility, it's our du duty to go out and preach the gospel to as many people as possible. Thank you so much, everyone. And have a great day. I'll hand over to Brother John, who will take us through the Old Testament one year Bible reading plan. God bless you all. Brother John, can you hear me? Yes, I'm here. Good morning. Just trying to get my Bible. <laughs> okay. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone. Wow. <laughs> we are in the book of Ezra. And um, yesterday we read chapter 1 to 3. Today we're taking chapter 4 to 6. And it's been an interesting read so far especially reading from the message translation. Uh, what I've come to notice about the message translation is the simplicity of its English to help us. Just like when Brad Dozier was reading and he, Peter came down and he asked, what's up? Imagine Peter's asked and say, what's up at that time? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Okay. I'm going to be quite um, faster than usual because of time. I'd like to say a big thank you to your esteemed sister Maka for this privilege. The caption, the building stopped. Ezra 4, old enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were building the temple of God of Israel. They came to Zerubbabel and the family heard and said, we will help you we worship your God the same as you. We've been offering sacrifices to him since Esarhaddon, king of Assyria, brought us here. Zerubbabel, Jeshua, and the rest of the family heads of Israel said to them, nothing doing. Building the temple of our God is not the same thing as you. It's not the same thing to you as to us. We alone will build for the God of Israel. We are the ones King Cyrus of Persia commanded to do it. So these people started beating down the morale of the people of Judah, harassing them as they built. They even hired propagandists to sap their resolve. They kept this up for about 15 years throughout the lifetime of Cyrus, king of Persia, and on, to, and on into the reign of Darius, king of Persia. In fact, in the reign of Cessus, at the beginning of his reign, they wrote an accusation against those living in Judah, and Jerusalem. Again later, in the time of Atasessus, Bishla, Mithreda, Tabio, and their associates wrote regarding the Jerusalem business to Atasessus, king of Persia. The letter was written in Aramaic and translated. What follows is written in Aramaic. Rehum, the commanding officer, and Shimshai the secretary wrote a letter against Jerusalem to Atasessus, the king, as follows. From Rehum, the commanding officer, and Shimshai, the secretary, backed by the rest of the associates, the judges and officials over the people of Tripolis, Persia, Erech, and Babylon, Elamites of Susa, and all the others, whom the great and honorable Ashurbanipal deported and settled in the city of Samaria, and other places in the land across Euphrates. This is the copy of the letter they sent to him. To King Atasus, from your servants from the land across the Euphrates, we are here to inform the king that the Jews who came from you to us have arrived in Jerusalem and have set about rebuilding that rebellious and evil city. They are busy at work, finishing the walls and rebuilding the foundations. The king needs to know that once that city is rebuilt and the wall completed, they will no longer 
pay a penny of tribute, tax, or duty. The royal treasury will pay the loss. We are loyal to the king and cannot sit idly by while our king is being insulted. That's why we are passing this information on. We suggest that you look into the court records of your ancestors. We will learn from those books that that's, that is a rebellious city, a thorn in the side to kings and provinces, a historic center of unrest and revolt. That is why the city was wiped out. We are letting the king know that if that city gets rebuilt and its walls restored, you will end up with nothing in your province beyond the Euphrates. The king sends his reply to Rehum, the commanding officer, Shimshai, the secretary, and the rest of the associates who lived in Samaria and other places beyond Euphrates. Peace be with you. The letter that you sent has been translated and read to me. I gave orders to search the records, and sure enough, it turns out that this city has revolted against kings time and again. Rebellion is an old story there. I find that they've had their share of strong kings who have taken over beyond the Euphrates and exacted taxes, tributes, and duty. So do this. Order these men to stop work immediately. Not a leak of rebuilding in that city, unless I order it. Act quickly and firmly. If done enough damage to kings. The letter of King Artesis was read to Rehum and Shimshai, the secretary, and the associates. They lost no time. They went to the Jews in Jerusalem and made them quit work. That put a stop to the work on the temple of God in Jerusalem. Nothing more was done until the second year of the reign of Darius, king of Persia. Caption, the building resumed. Ezra 5. Meanwhile, the prophets Haggai, or Haggai, and Zechariah, son of Edo, or Ido, were preaching to the Jews in Judah and Jerusalem in the authority of the God of Israel who ruled them. And so Zerubbabel, son of Shetel, and Jeshua, son of Josadak, started again rebuilding the temple of God in Jerusalem. The prophets of God were right there helping them. Tatanai was governor of the land beyond Euphrates at this time. Tatanai, Shetha, Bozenai, and their associates came to the Israelites and asked, we should you a permit to rebuild this temple and restore it to use. And we told them the names of the men responsible for this construction work. But God had his eye on the leaders of the Jews and the work wasn't stopped until a report, until a report could reach Darius and an official reply would return. Tatanai, governor of the land beyond, the Euphrates, and Shetai, Bozenai, and his associates, the officials of that land, sent a letter to Darius the king. This is what they wrote to him. To Darius the king, peace and blessing. We want to report to the king that we went to the province of Judah, to the temple of the great God, that has been rebuilt with large stones. Timbers are being fitted into the walls. The work is going on with great energy and in good time. We asked the leaders, we should you the permit to rebuild this temple and restore it to use. We also asked for their names so we could pass them on to you and have a record of the men at the head of the construction work. This is what they told us. We are servants of the God of the heavens and the earth. We are rebuilding the temple that was built a long time ago. A great king of Israel built it, the entire structure. But our ancestors made the God of the heavens really angry and it turned them over to Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon, the Chaldean, who knocked this temple down and took the people to Babylon in, his, in exile. But when Cyrus became king of Babylon, in his first year, he issued a building permit to rebuild this temple of God. He also gave back the gold and silver vessels of the temple of God that Nebuchadnezzar had cutted off and put in the Babylon temple. Cyrus the king removed them from the temple of Babylon and turned them over to Shesh Bazaar, the man he had appointed governor. He told him, take these vessels and place them in the temple of Jerusalem and rebuild the temple of God on its original site. And Shesh Bazar did it. He laid the foundation of the temple of God in Jerusalem. It has been under construction ever since, but it is not yet finished. So now, if it pleases the king, look up the records 
in the royal archives in Babylon and see if it is indeed a fact that Cyrus the king issued an official building permit authorizing the rebuilding of the temple of God in Jerusalem and then send the king's ruling on this matter to us. Chapter 6. So King Darius ordered a search through the records in the archives in Babylon. Eventually a scroll was turned up in the fortress of Ikbatana over the province of Media with this writing on its memorandum. In his first year as king, Cyrus issued an official decree regarding the temple of God in Jerusalem as follows. The temple where sacrifices are offered is to be rebuilt on new foundations. It is to be 90 feet high and 90 feet wide, with three courses of large stones topped with one course of timber. The cost is to be paid from the real bank. The gold and silver vessels from the temple of God and Nebuchadnezzar carried to Babylon as to be returned to the temple of Jerusalem, each to its proper place. Place them in the temple of God. Now listen. Tatanai, governor of the land beyond the Euphrates, Shetar, Buzanai, associates, and all officials of that land, stay out of their way. Leave the governor and leaders of the Jews alone so they can work on that temple of God as they rebuild it. I hereby give official orders on how to help the leaders of the Jews in the rebuilding of that temple of God. One, all construction costs are to be paid to these men from the royal bank out of the taxes coming in from the land beyond the Euphrates and pay them on time without delays. Number two, whatever is required for their worship, young bulls, rams, lambs, for whole burnt offerings to the God of the heaven, and whatever wheat, salt, wine, and anointing oil the priest of Jerusalem requests is to be given to them daily without delay so that they make sacrifices to the God of heaven and pray for the life of the king and his sons. I've issued an official decree that anyone who violates this order is to be impelled for a timber turnout of his own house and the house itself made a manure pit and made a God who puts his name on that place to wipe out any king or people who dares to defy this decree and destroy the temple of God at Jerusalem? I, Darius, have issued an official decree. Carry it out precisely and promptly. Tatanai, governor of the land across the Euphrates, Shetai, Bozanai, and the associates did it. They carried out the decree of Darius precisely and promptly. The caption, the building completed. So, verse 14, so the leaders of the Jews continued to build. The work went well under the preaching of the prophets Haggai and Zechariah, son of Ido. They completed the rebuilding under the under orders of the God of Israel and authorization by Cyrus, Darius, and Artaxerxes, kings of Persia. The temple was completed on the third day of the month, of the month Adar, in the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. And then the Israelites celebrated priests, Levites, Every last exile exuberantly celebrated the dedication of the temple of God. At the dedication of this temple of God, they sacrificed a hundred bulls, two hundred rams, and four hundred lambs. And as an absolution offering for all Israel, twelve he goats, one for each of the twelve tribes of Israel, they placed the priests in their divisions and the Levites in their places of the service of God at Jerusalem. All as written out in the book of Moses. Verse 19, on the 14th day of the first month, the exiles celebrated the Passover. All the priests and Levites had purified themselves, all, no exceptions. They were all ritually clean. The Levites slaughtered the Passover lamb for the exiles, their brother, priests, and themselves. Then the Israelites, who had returned from exile, along with everyone who had removed themselves from the defilements of the nations, to join them and seek God. The God of Israel ate the Passover with great joy. He celebrated the feast of unraised bread for seven days. God had plunged them into a sea of joy. He had changed the mind of the king of Assyria to back them in rebuilding the temple of God, the God of Israel. Okay, I'll just quickly say this before I hand over to Brother Martins. We can see through our reading from Genesis to now that this, this same temple, since when, um, since when David started the procurement and Solomon built it, it has been destroyed and rebuilt and destroyed and rebuilt again and again. This 
goes to show us that God wasn't really interested in the temple as it were. God was much more interested in the hearts of the people. Praise God. So, heart is all that matters. Thank you very much. Ramatis, over to you. Thank you so much, Brother John. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody, depending on what part of the world you're connected from at this time. I'd like to say a very big thank you to the esteemed Sister Maka for this great opportunity. Right now, we're going straight to our formation segment of this meeting. And we'll start our formation by taking our names. My name is, you say your name, I have the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Christ. The next paragraph, I, your name, I'm granted according to the riches of the glory of Christ. The third paragraph, your name first, my love abounds more and more in knowledge and in all judgments. At this point, I will kindly ask you to unmute your mics as we take our formation at the count of three. Continually give things unto the Father, qualified to be a Okay, we're going straight to the communion segment at this time, and our text is taken from First Corinthians eleven. Verse 23, praise the Lord. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, thank you. Thank you for the body of Christ. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You gave us your only, your first and your best. So that we will be your first and your best. Thank you, Lord God, for today we are truly the begotten of the Father by virtue of what Christ did for us. And as we break this bread this day, we are firm that we are one with God. We are firm that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is that work in us. We are firm that in him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. Thank you, Lord God, 
We give you praise in Jesus' name. Go ahead and break the bread and eat it. Praise the Lord. After the same manner also, he took the cup. When he has supped, so in this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do you as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the lost death when you come. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you. For the cup of the New Testament in the blood of Jesus Christ. We declare as we take this cup this morning. There is joy like a river in our soul. And thank you, Lord, because you are perfecting. You've perfected all that concerns us. And we walk in this perfection. We walk in an overflowing grace. We walk in an ever-increasing wealth. In an ever-increasing wisdom. Ever-increasing knowledge. Our health, was, our health has sprung forth. And yes, we are renewed every morning by the power of your spirit. Lord, we give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Paraglesia, Praglongze, Krotoski, thank you, Father. Thank you. We give you praise, O oh God, in Jesus' name. Go ahead and take the cup. Ashtala Grandus. Degan Krosiko Pranglish of Ranangrish. Nergadion dos go brigi brung the clear on Cassil and Krosgi Gigidakli and Taskij of Ranaya. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you so much, esteemed Sister Maka. Thank you so much, everybody. Wow. At this point, I'll hand over back to you, Matt, because through the remaining part of the meeting. Thank you, everyone. Excellent day. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Thank you so much, Brother Martins. Thank you, Brother John. Thank you, Brother Duse. Thank you, Pastor Deborah. Thank you, Sister Joy. You know, when Brother John was reading the New Testament, the Old Testament, I was crying. And I was crying for a reason. It, 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 the faithfulness of God that we have experienced reading the Bible is amazing. How, 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 oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. How does God, how does he turn the one that is fighting you to become sponsor of your work? That's exactly what happened. And you see, this is why you can't give up because a challenge showed up. You can't just give up. You can't get frustrated. There was a time this work was suspended for like 15 years, but the children of Israel didn't give up. And at the point in time, he said that they rose up and began to build because the prophets began to prophesy to them. They took courage in prophecy. They began to wage war with prophecy and they began to build. They began to build. And as they took that step of faith, walking, stepping into prophecy, even when the adversary showed up, and they took the matter to the king, thinking that we're going to deal with these guys. And then the king gave the instruction and said that anything that they need, including the daily sacrifice, the bulls, the rams, the goats, everything they would require, you would give it to them. May those who fight you become the sponsor of your work. May those who are who are instigated themselves against you through the years, may they turn around and fund the things that God has made in your heart to do. Don't lose courage. Don't get frustrated. These things are there in the Bible for us to see that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. In the New Testament, we see how a soul who fought Christians, who traveled around the world to ensure that Christianity didn't see light, the light of the day. He became a Paul who traveled around the world to ensure that Christianity was planted in every city. Brothers and sisters, God knows what to do about you. God knows what to do about your situation. Don't give up and don't give in to the adversary. Take advantage of prophecies. He's a wage war with prophecies until the day star arises. 
It might look like a night time in your life. Keep saying it. Don't stop talking it. The light will come through and you are the light. And that is why with the word of God in your mouth, you can speak light. You can speak solution into any situation. Thank you, Father. We receive all the blessings that you have for us today. And we return with testimonies by the power of the Holy Ghost and the ministry of angels. Everything that we require today, we have in abundance. And that which our money cannot pay for, we get for free. Today, free cars. Today, free houses. Free scholarships by the power of the Holy Ghost and the ministry of angels. Our names will come up in places that mm. matter. Men will be summoned to pay up for things for us. Thank you, Holy mm. Spirit of God. It is so in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Glory. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. At this moment, let's unmute as we share the benediction. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, Thank you, Mama. Thank you, Mom. You too. Thank you so much. Are you like?